Hi, I'm Peter Tragos, host of the Lawyer You Know podcast and YouTube channel. The saying goes, everyone hates lawyers until you need one. Well, I'm here when you need one to answer your questions and give you insight that you didn't know you needed. Along with my partners, Pete Sardis, the professor, who has a finance and business background, and George Tragos, my dad, and the conciliary, a criminal defense giant, we can answer any questions you have. Hi, everybody. Pete Sardis here for The Lawyer You Know, and today we are talking about the Sonny Balwani trial. It is week three. I'll let you know all the bombs that got dropped on Sonny Balwani this week, and we can talk about what we think and what you think is going to happen in this trial. But before we do that, as always, please, if you enjoy the episode, give me a thumbs up. If you're enjoying the series, please subscribe to our channel. And as always, please leave me questions and comments below. All right. Let's talk generally about where we are. This is week three in the trial. As we know, jury selection happened. There were some issues, not obviously anywhere near the issues that they had with the Elizabeth Holmes trial since it was right at the tail end of the the COVID pandemic. But still, issues nonetheless. They've gone through the second week of trial, which was basically opening statements, putting on the the initial cast of characters, uh, including Erica Chung, who, as we will recall, was the whistleblower in the Theranos case. And you know, a very prominent figure in Hulu's miniseries Dropout, which we're also covering. So check that out if you haven't done so far. Here's what's happened since then. Another individual who was the lab director at Theranos for a while, his name is Mark Pandori, testified. And Mark Pandori's testimony basically is that while he was there at Theranos, the Edison machine never provided reasonably accurate results at all. In fact, his testimony was that the odds of getting the correct result from an Edison machine was like flipping a coin. So obviously his testimony was a little bit broader than that, but that's the basic gist. He also was very clear that Sonny Balwani was the person whom he reported to uh, while he was at Theranos. And now let's talk about what I think is the bomb that has got Sonny Balwani's defense team scrambling. The government has put on some of the text messages between Sonny Balwani and Elizabeth Holmes. If you remember the Elizabeth Holmes trial, they kind of used these uh, emails further on into the trial to demonstrate the relationship between Sonny Balwani and Elizabeth Holmes and who knew what and how they knew it and all that stuff. The government has decided that that was so impactful that they're using those emails far sooner into this trial. Actually, it's the second technical week of trial proceedings, meaning week three. And what the emails say is this. Sonny Balwani texts to Elizabeth Holmes, this business, this is why the universe brought us together. Holmes, I know. Balwani, without you, seems like the building is an empty shell. Holmes, I know the feeling. The point, I think, of these emails is to demonstrate that Elizabeth Holmes and Sonny Balwani have a personal relationship. That relationship is centered on Theranos, the business. That is why they're together. That is the focus of their relationship. The bedrock that this relationship is built on is Theranos. Um, Balwani also goes on to say that I worked six years, day and night, to help you. Sad about where we are. I am responsible for everything at Theranos. I am very unhappy because my work sucks. And I think that's the bomb. I think that is Sonny Balwani expressing to Elizabeth Holmes that at the end of the day, things are not going well. 
He knows what's going on because at the end of the day, he is responsible for Theranos and his work sucks, which I would gather the jury is going to infer means he knows Edison does not work. I think that's a big bomb, especially since Sonny Balwani's defense team is probably going to argue that he is duped just like every other investor. He did not realize that something was wrong or something was awry with the Edison machine. Okay, bomb number two. Denise Yam was the former financial controller at Theranos. So let's just presume that she is one of the chief accounting people at the company. She testified this week, and her testimony was that while she was producing financials for the company, Sunny Balwani directly communicated with her and told her to include some numbers, some revenues that had not yet been realized. Let's kind of make that in layman's terms. When you produce financials, you've got accruals and you've got financials or monies that have been booked, meaning monies you've actually realized in cash, you have the money in your accounts, or monies that you anticipate you're going to receive. Those are called accruals. Um, and what is happening is she is preparing the financials and Sunny Balwani tells her, add these revenues into the financials as if we have already received them. She recognizes, obviously, that they haven't received them, but does it anyway. I think this is a big deal. And I'll tell you, it is my opinion that Denise Yam may have potentially been liable in the Theranos case for potential prosecution. I want to talk about the employees that are potentially liable for something. But she testified for the government, which leads me, again, to believe that she has a, an immunity agreement with them so that she could testify honestly without the risk of prosecution. Because recognize, as a professional, as an accountant, as somebody that is doing books for a company, when you recognize that there are entries that you are forcing into a system that do not exist, meaning they are not truthful, you have a responsibility. At that point, you are perpetrating a fraud. And I believe that this is what uh, Denise Yam's representation was that, but for Sonny Balwani going and telling her to do this, she did not actually have these monies booked into the system. There was no evidence that they actually existed, but for Sonny Balwani telling her, don't worry, put it in there, it'll be fine. With that, there are also some discussions that have been put in uh, into evidence before the jury, some text messages about maybe we need a private plane, maybe we should buy this, maybe we should buy that. Again, I think that these are important to demonstrate that Sonny Balwani is not just taking orders. He is an active participant in the decision-making at the executive level of this company, and he is actively engaged in perpetrating fraud because he is telling people what to do knowing that the information he is providing is not truthful. He is also absolutely engaged in very high-level decision-making because I promise you, someone at the lower level cannot even discuss whether or not you should purchase a corporate jet. You've got to be at an executive level, meaning he is at a level where he knows what he's doing. Obviously, he's a COO, but he is actively participating in making or at least uh, furthering the business. All right, let's talk about some questions that you all had uh, in the last episode, and I will try to answer them because I think it kind of falls very well into this part of the testimony. First question, can other employees who actually faked the test be sued? After all, they did the actual dirty work. Good question. In this case, the allegations are fraud. So if you are in the lab and you are producing results, but you are not purporting that those results are accurate, 
you are not liable for fraud. Now, where it becomes gray is if you recognize that these results are false, but you still represent that they are true, knowing that they are false, that in fact is fraud. There comes a point where these types of decisions from a prosecutor's perspective are a big gray area. Who do you prosecute because they have authority, they can exert control, they have the ability to stand up and say, no, I will not do this, this is wrong, and walk out the door, as opposed to someone who says, I don't think this result's right. It's okay. Don't worry about it. We'll take care of it. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with it from a different level. Obviously, that person doesn't have any authority and they're not going to charge them with a crime because they're not actively trying to defraud anybody. They just happen to know that the result they received is false. They don't recognize where it's going beyond that. And I think that that's what's happening at Theranos because again, if you're taking a little bit of time, I'll, I'll, I'll do a, a segue into Hulu's miniseries of Dropout. You'll see that there were multiple labs at Theranos. There was the publicly viewable lab, and there was also a place that they actually did a lot of these tests secretly. And in fact, they ran these tests on Siemens machines, not on the Edison machine. And that's where they were getting results from. So recognize that there are different people that only know so much. And if you look at the testimony that happened in the Elizabeth Holmes case, a lot of people were compartmentalized and segregated so they did not share information with each other. That I think was by design based on what we've learned from her trial. So can people be charged? Yes, I think you're going to see that there will be additional prosecutions in the Theranos case other than Elizabeth Holmes and Sonny Balwani. I don't think they're going to be as public as these trials have been. And frankly, obviously, the Sonny Balwani is far less public than the Elizabeth Holmes trial was. And I think that that is just going to continue to decrease as people are charged because, you know, at this point, if two executives of the company are convicted, then everybody else is probably going to file you know, in line and you're going to see a lot of plea agreements or a lot of, um, a lot of plea deals happening with people. And there really will not be a very public ex exhibit like these trials are. Uh, part two of this discussion, uh, who else would be charged? Do you think Christian Holmes, the Theranos number three? Great question. I know that Christian uh, worked in the company, but I do not believe that he was at the level of executive decision-making. Is it possible that they charge him? If the government can corroborate that he had information or imparted information that he knew was false, then I believe they absolutely can and will charge him. Do I think that that's going to be the case? No, I don't. I think Christian was there. He was working, but he was clearly under the, under the direction of his sister, clearly under the direction of Sonny Balwani. Uh, obviously, he knows that they're, you know, taking and whining and dining, uh, people for investment purposes, whining and dining people for uh, collaboration, for example, via the Walgreens folks. But did he actually do something to further perpetrate a fraud? I don't know that, but you know, you let me know what you guys think. If you know of something that I have not talked about, please let me know and I'll obviously look into it. But is it possible? Sure is. But I do think there are going to be people charged. In fact, the way I know that is there was a motion to dismiss because of some violations of what we call Brady, which is a discovery issue. And the court shut down the courtroom because the prosecutor's representation was that there was going to be discussions that involved an active investigation, which means somebody they're looking at that they have not yet charged. So I do think that there are going to be additional folks that knew that the Theranos product did not work and that actively put out information to try to uh, at least smooth over the fact that it didn't work, hoping that it would work, obviously. And, and that is, in fact, fraud. So that's what I'm expecting we're going to see. Beyond that, let me talk about this trial generally. 
This trial, from my perception, is moving far smoother than Elizabeth Holmes' trial did. I also believe that the testimony that the witnesses are are, are giving on the stand is far more fluid. It's a lot cleaner. Why? Well, because the prosecution got a dry run at these things with Elizabeth Holmes. They've already put these people on the stand. They realized where the pitfalls were going to be in their testimony. They recognized where, you know, the testimony fell flat versus where it was very poignant. So they've modified the questions that they're asking their witnesses to really streamline the case against Sonny Balwani. So things are moving quite well, in my opinion. Um, I believe that this trial, even though it is scheduled for 13 weeks, will probably be done sooner than that. I'm not seeing a lot of delays that we saw in the Holmes trial, even if it means the pipes burst in the ceiling of the courthouse and we had to clear the place out, uh, or long multi-day motion practice for things that came up for the first time. I don't think we're going to see a lot of that stuff because the prosecution at this point, and to their credit, is going lockstep in the previous prosecution that they did against Holmes. They know what worked. They knew where they gandered big uh, objections. They saw where the judge may have ruled against him the first time, and they're not even playing the game anymore. They're cutting those parts of that testimony out, and they're far more streamlined in the presentation to the jury. Frankly, I think the the text messages early on that demonstrate the relationship between Sonny Balwani and Elizabeth Holmes, and also the fact that they put it right out there, you know, within the the, the first couple of witnesses, that he admits in his own words that Theranos is his responsibility really just sets the stage that this is his company. So whatever defense that he's going to have that I didn't know, or I am just duped like an investor, it was all her fault, is probably going to fall very flat. In legal terms, I think he's screwed, but we shall see how that goes. You tell me what you think. Please leave me some questions and comments below. Tell me what you think is going to happen. Do you think that the streamlining of this testimony is going to be far more effective? Do you think that the trial is going to be shorter? Or do you think it's going to take every bit of 13 weeks? And again, if you think somebody might be responsible criminally other than Elizabeth Holmes and Sonny Balwani, please give me some information why you think that below. If you know something I don't know, hey, let me know what it is and I'll go research it and we'll talk about it in another episode. So with that, if you've enjoyed the episode, please give me a thumbs up. If you're enjoying this series, please subscribe. And as always, questions and comments below. We'll keep you updated. Take care. Thanks for watching this episode of The Lawyer You Know. If you like this content, please share it with your friends. Make sure you subscribe to our page and like our videos. If you want some interaction, get in the comments and we'll be sure to get back to you. If you want to know any more information about our firm or this page, you can find out in the description or visit tragoslaw.com. We post multiple times throughout the week, so make sure you hit that bell so you can get the notification and not miss out on the next episode.